Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning Vayechi Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Parshas Vayechi. Our Aliyah is a short one, running from Perek Memches, the Yudzayin to Chof Beis, which is six Pesukim long. And the topic of our Aliyah is the blessing of the two brothers. Um, at this point in time, ya- Yaakov has given his first bracha to Ephraim and Menashe. And in seeing so, um, Yosef is concerned about this. He sees that his father's right hand is on Ephraim and his left hand is on Menashe. Evayera Be'enov. He doesn't, he doesn't approve of this, so he tries to place his hand, tries to lift the hand off of Ephraim to put it onto Menashe um, without the switch. But, um, and he says, no, Kainovi, this is not the way to do it, my father. This, this person, this Menashe is the Bechor. His father refused. His father dismissed this attempt to rectify the situation. He says, Yodati bini Yodati. I know. I do know, my son. He will also be a great nation. He'll be great. However, the younger brother will be greater than him. His children will be the, the full of nations, will be, will be a, a greatly blessed nation. And then he says, he gives them both a blessing. And he says, Through you, Israel will bless, saying, Let Hashem make you like Ephraim and Menashe. And the Pasuk emphasizes that he puts Ephraim in front of Menashe. This is the second bracha he gives, and again emphasizing that Ephraim comes first. And uh, then Yisrael says to, Yo- to Yosef again, I'm going to be passing away soon. Hashem should be with you and return you to the land of your fathers. And I'm giving you Shechem Achad Alachecha. I'm giving you one Shechem above your brothers, which I took from the Emorites with my sword and my bow. Bakarbi Uvakashti. And this is the end of the Aliyah. A few basic points to ponder. Number one is why is Yosef getting so upset? Why is it Vayei Rabbeinov? that he sees his father switching these hands. So Ramban says he was concerned that if Yaakov did not realize who the Bechor was, then perhaps he didn't have this um, Ruach HaKodesh. If he didn't have Ruach HaKodesh, this divine spirit of assistance, then perhaps the blessings weren't working. So he was concerned that the Bracha itself was on shaky ground because of this lack of a, re- a realization of who the Bechor is, who the firstborn is. The Dasakhanim says no, and perhaps this is a reflection on himself. He is concerned that his father thinks him inept. His father thinks that perhaps he doesn't know who the Bukhor is, and he wants to correct that. No, father, this is really the Bukhor. So um, <clears throat> he's trying to do it for his own, uh, own perspective, his own standing as well. Another very fascinating suggestion, which reverberates among many Mephorshim, I saw it in the Kuntras Chiba Yasera, which is Rav Yehuda Henkin, who says a very beautiful idea, and that his father is upset. Yaakov is ups- Yosef is upset about his father doing this because he's now creating new favorites. After all, this whole entire episode occurred because of Yo- Yosef being showed favoritism, and because of all that favoritism, it was it created terrible discord among the family, leading to the sale, leading to years and years of suffering for so many people in the family. And he also says, I don't want to start that again. Stop showing favoritism. And that's why he wants to do this. So if that's the case, why was Yaakov so adamant? Why would Yaakov refuse to have his hand switched back? Rav Hirsch addresses this and he says, if you look through the entire Sefer Bereshis, you'll notice that more often than not, almost in every single case, the firstborn is disregarded and the youngest is put in their place. So Hevel replaces Cain. Um, shame of the Chamanyefes, who supposedly shame is the, uh, the young of the brothers, suggests Rav Hirsch. Um, Avram over Nachor, Yitzhak over Yishmael, Yaakov over Esav, Yosef over Reuven, Ephraim now over Menashe, and later on we're going to see Moshe over Aaron. So we're going to see younger brothers always taking the place of the Bukhar. Rav Hirsch argues that the idea is like, the, like that prophecy which was given to Rivka, Rav Yavod Tsair, that the older, more powerful one will serve. 
the one who is younger. That is the pattern for the way Hashem intends to run history. Hashem's running history is a polemic against power. It's a, a, a argument against the currency of power is right, might is right. And therefore the Bechor, who generally speaking in most cultures was, and certainly in many cultures today still is seen as more prominent, more powerful, is going to have to sublimate themselves to the less powerful, the one who has less assets, who is less seen in the limelight. And that is the truth of the book of Beratius. In a certain sense, this is the idea of the spirit over the material. Is the material, the one who is more successful, going to sublimate to the one who is more spiritually developed? And that seems to be what Yaakov is trying to teach Yosef in this juncture as well. In fact, just it is interesting to notice that this is the same word used by Yema'ain when Yaakov refuses to be comforted about Yosef, the disappearance of Yosef, almost as if he's refusing to give up his, his perspective and his dream that the younger one can in fact prevail over the older one. Like he did that with Yosef, he is now doing with Yosef's children. I know that Ephraim has something to add which Menashe doesn't, and that's what he's sticking to as well. Now, what is the significance of the, of the bracha to Ephraim and Menashe? After all, Yisrael, this idea has actually found its way into a very beautiful minag on Friday nights, where boys are blessed with this bracha of Why? Not the patriarchs, not the Shvatim, the tribes, but these two children of Yosef are the ones as seen as the default blessing for others. So the commentary called the Birkas Asher quotes Rav Ezra Monk, who sent a letter to his family with the following observation. He says, because the Ephraim and Menashe, unlike the tribes, unlike the Avos, grew up and in a land totally foreign to themselves and yet maintained their value system. So the blessing we give to our children on a Friday night, whereas we move out of the Chol, the mundane, into the Kodesh, is you should be like them. That despite where you are in whatever diaspora you find yourselves in, what, however adverse a situation you find yourself in, you should be like Ephraim and Menashe, who still came out pointing true north. Another perspective I heard um, a number of years ago, which I think is a very beautiful one, is this is the first instance of brothers where the younger one is chosen over the older one, and the older one did not wage war, did not complain, did not create some sort of discord because of it. If you think about almost every other single instance, there was upset about this. So if you think back to Cain and Hevel, Cain kills Hevel because of the fact that his, his, his uh, uh, korban wasn't accepted. Yishmael was upset about the inheritance of Yisrael to the point that he had to get kicked out of the house. Esau tried to kill Yaakov for taking the Bukhara. We Each instance, Yosef was sold into slavery. This is the first time we now have it that a younger child is willing, the older child is willing to accept the legacy of the younger child even though it precedes themselves. So that should be the family or life that we bless us, our children with, is that you should be able to know your position and place in life, and even if others perhaps will, will be precede you in certain realms, be happy for them, for them. Let there be peace, even though it's not equal, but maybe it is equitable. Finally, one last question in Saliyah is, what is this Shechem this extra Shechem that Yosef is being promised by Yaakov? So the one explanation is, is to take the word Shechem literally. It refers to the city of Shechem, which is given to Yosef. It should be noted that the Kever Yosef is in Shechem. The burial place of Yosef is in the city of Shechem um, today. And um, the, the other option is that it could mean a portion. Shechem as a portion. I gave you a double portion of your brothers, and that's what's been referred to. 
over here as well. Um, it's interesting that Rashi quotes something which the Ksav HaKabon takes further based on the Medrash, that after the, that Levi and Shimon killed the whole city of Shechem, they were, they, were, they were concerned about reprisals from the surrounding um, Canaanite nations. And in fact, there were reprisals. It took a little bit of time because I was scared at the beginning, but then they did fight against them. And then it, uh, the Medrash describes in quite fantastical terms how the children of Yaakov and Yaakov himself fought back and killed among uh, some of their kings, those, those, the, the serfdom kings around them, and they submitted to Yaakov and paid homage to him and therefore gave him here. He was entitled to the area of Shrem. So it refers to Bacharbi of Akashti, means that he actually had to wage war for it. That's one possibility. Uh, Rashi says another possibility is it wasn't that he actually got this from the Amorites. It refers to the extra portion that he got from his brother Esav. Esav, who acted like the Amorites, who acted like the Canaanite nations around him. Bacharbi Bakashi, how did Yaakov even get the double portion from him? The words sword and bow are in fact allegories to the ideas of the spirit, which is the weapons of Yaakov, which is a call Yaakov. He was able to extract these, and this is what Yosef is privy to because of this as well. Um, so this is a very beautiful perspective of understanding how this all comes together in a very powerful and meaningful way. Meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day. We'll continue with uh, Vayechi Revi tomorrow.